You guys can have a seat. Thank you again so much for being here this morning. Thank you for watching um, to the service online if you're viewing it that way or even during this week. Um, this morning, one of my prayers has been that really you receive um, just a very personal message from the Lord. I think even during our worship session um, just now, um, and, and I say session because I think Dale made a great point that it's not just during that time frame that we worship, but it's really with our whole lives. But while we were gathered, uh, to really focus on the Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm sure, even in a very real way, you sense him speaking to you. Um, and, and when I say I, I pray that you, you get really a, a clear message this morning, um, this week I, I've received what I thought looked like some pretty clear messages um, that kind of made me laugh. Last night, um, uh, yesterday, and if you will, there, there's, um, man, I, and, I, and I'm afraid, I'm, I'm not even going to, I'm not probably not going to mention all of them right now just because I'm afraid I'm going to leave someone out, but we have um, several folks in our church, um, and, and encourage, I want to encourage you to look at that prayer list that we have that's online. Um, it, it'll be updated actually with several things tomorrow morning because there's some needs that have been communicated to us. Uh, one of our families in church uh, yesterday had a funeral. Uh, the passing of uh, Brian's dad, uh, so we were um, really trying to celebrate, just minister to them. Uh, last night, we had one of our young couples in church. They got married, uh, had, a, had the privilege of doing that ceremony last night and just having a great time with them. But on the way back, I was going from Swepsonville, I know, Metropolis City, um, Swepsonville, I cut through Burlington because I had to get my kids something to eat because, yes, I left them home, and I ate before they did. Um, it was great barbecue to the glory of God. Um, so, so I cut through to get them something to eat going back, and I passed this building and the sign that was just a real clear message, I felt like. I think you've probably seen this. It's, it's red in color. It's just two words, hot now. That's a pretty clear message, right? Like you, like you feel like, yes, Jesus, literally, you can take the wheel because um, we're going right there. I, I didn't, though. I held back. I, I, I passed it, right? I, I, I went straight past it. Um, not because... Honestly, not because I'm just dedicated to health. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm cheap. Honestly, I'm just cheap. So I, I, I just drove right past it. But earlier in the week, um, I, I was at Chick-fil-A. Now, we, we know Chick-fil-A's closed on what day? You know, and, and we like that as Christians because we're like, yes, we feel like this is on Christian principles. But you're just like me. Sunday about 7 o'clock, if they open just one week and you could get a Chick-fil-A sandwich and if you've never put pepper jack cheese on it, you need to do that this week, you would go just as quickly as I will. I mean, I, we, like I know, like it's just, if it, we're like, you know, maybe just one Sunday a year we could get Chick-fil-A. But anyway, so, but I'm, I'm in Chick-fil-A's parking lot um, over on Pisgah Church and, you know, now it's that you're kind of choosing a line to go in and they're, they're moving you one way or the other. Um, and, I, and I pull up to the stop sign beside where they give you your food and, and I don't know if you went in the middle of the week, but there was this huge sign on just, I mean, big stop sign. First of all, stop sign, red, white letters, stop. And then right underneath it, big sign, no salads. I was like, Lord, are you telling me to stop? Like, is this, like, is this a, is this, like, is this you speak? I mean, it's Chick-fil-A after all, right? I mean, like, this is, like, this is a clear, like, is it just, they're out of them right now? Or, or are you saying, like, Lord, I'm speaking, like, I'm speaking to you, my servant, Derek, and, and I'm, I'm just relinquishing you, no more salads. You don't have to go there anymore. We're going to heal your metabolism. We're just going to move forward together, right? Those two, I, like, those two things were messages, but, but not nearly as impactful as I pray this morning is for you. Um, so here's kind of where we're going to end this morning. I, I not, not, there's not an ending really to spoil, but, but I do want to kind of set the pace for us a little bit. Um, we're going to be in Acts chapter 23. Um, if, you, if you didn't get a chance to hear the message that Dale preached last week, um, Dale was in Acts chapter 20, so um, he, he did... 
uh, he, he did some great content work. So the sermon before that, I was, I was in a chapter on either side of it. Um, and, and I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that message because that connected a lot of things in between them. Um, so if you weren't here last week, I know Labor Day weekend, I was out myself. Please go back and listen to that message. Um, I, I really believe the Lord will speak to you well through that message um, and the way he spoke through Dale. This week we're going to, we're kind of like, we're going to think about 22, but we're going to be in 23 mainly this morning. And, and we're going to get to a verse that I really just want to, I just really want us to kind of wade through a little bit. Um, because when you hear it, I'd love, this is one of those mornings, when you hear this verse, I'd love to know, and we won't have time to talk it out with each one of us, but I'd, I'd really love to know what your first listen is like. Like when you first hear this verse, kind of thinking about this is God speaking, actually Jesus, it's, it's, it's an appearance of Jesus speaking to Paul in this, in this vision that he has, um, and, and, and as Jesus stands beside him, um, what does it really sound like? What, what meaning do you initially take from that? I'd love to know that. Just, just curious. So if you want to send me a message sometime this week and say, yeah, when I first heard it, this, this is what I took from it. Um, but if you would, just let me know where you also ended on it too. Um, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear that because um, I, I believe this verse is, 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 is pretty, um, pretty thought-provoking for us. Okay, Pretty thought-provoking for us. Before that, let's, let's get some context. We're going to start reading in verse 1. Um, Paul is, is still in... Um, a place where he is, he is just finished in chapter 2 sharing his testimony to this group of, of really a, a Jewish council. And we're going to pick up kind of in the middle of that. It says, Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and says, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience to this, to this day. And, and, and I find that phrase interesting, to this day. I mean, th- this is Paul, um, he, he's in a sense... I don't know if I even want to use the words on trial because this is such a this is such a immoral, self motivated, angry process. It's it's not at all by the books. Um, so I don't know that I want to use the word on trial. But he's really he's really um, being um, not way more than critiqued. He's he's really being put in front of a group of people because there are some things that Paul is preaching that just they don't agree with. They don't like this Christian what we call this Christian movement, which they call the way. Um, they, they want it squashed. It's not good, as we've seen over the last few chapters, for, for people's economics uh, in certain perspectives. It's not good for people's job security in certain perspectives because this is, this is Jesus Christ crucified, risen, and alive and saving people out of sin and out of bondage and out of living under just an, an oppressive legal and, and religious system that just wants to just bury them and make money off of him, profit off. This is Jesus wanting to free people from that. And, and it, is, it is more than rocking the boat. And Paul says this. He says, you know, I, I feel like in good conscience I have been faithful to this day. And I really find that remarkable because why, why, does, he, why does he put that on at the end? Like that's the punctuation mark at the end of that sentence. Why to this day? Like, is Paul questioning his faith? Is he, is, he, is he concerned about what's coming next? And he may just say, hey, look, this might be my point to retire. No, I, I believe Paul has, we, we see glimpses of it, and sometimes we see bright images of it. Paul maintains just the most incredible, healthy, spiritual, mental health perspective of anybody that just has been, that's been born a sinner that we have written record of, it seems like, that we can really witness on this planet. Paul, in a sense, just says, hey, listen, I am in good conscience up to what I've done to this very moment. In other words, 
Paul's not even giving himself a free pass for anything that follows this. He's basically saying, listen, it's not that I've done enough for you, Lord, but but yes, I'm at peace up to this moment, and and therefore this moment could could change my course forever. I've got to decide again in this moment, Lord, am I going to be faithful to you? And and I'll I'll be very frank with you. I don't know that I really go through my decision-making like that always do do I stop myself enough do I really kind of put on the brakes sometimes and go okay Lord you know yes maybe I've been faithful in some areas in my past but but right now am I really going to have the kind of gospel-centered mindset and perspective on life that I desperately need to have in this moment for this decision regardless of what else may have gone well in the past what about now because I think we get very we, we get very um Focus when we look back and go, okay, well, I've really not done some things well, so I better kind of clean my act up. We, we, we kind of naturally get motivated that way. But, but what, what about the times where we've had some successes? What about times where things look like they've gone well? Or we've seen God's blessings? Or we, you know, maybe just, maybe just we're, we've been in a good season financially or a good season with, 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 with family and, and how things have gone at home or at work or whatever. Like, do, do we stop enough and go, okay, Number one, are those actually evidence that I'm living faithfully, or is it just the overflow of God's favor and goodness on this planet? But what about right now in this decision? And, and Paul is, is really leaned in and intentional. Um, verse 2, the high priest, okay, hey, so guess what? If, anybody, if you ever just feel like smacking somebody, this is, this is your passage. You ready? Okay. Uh, the high priest, Ananias, especially if you ever thought about smacking a preacher, uh, and, and I get it, like some weeks it's probably me, and, and that's okay. I'd rather you not do it. Um, Secretly, I, I hide large, aggressive men in the church, you know, that just are here. Hopefully, I pray at some point, if they ever see an open palm, that they'll protect me. Um, and if not, maybe, you know, we'll just see how it goes. Um, the high priest Ananias ordered those who were standing next to him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Now, I know as insults go, you're like, Really? A whitewashed wall, like that's, that's the best you had, Paul, like a whitewashed wall. Okay, well, Jesus basically made this same, um, this same accusation, um, and I, I think I put a note in here in my, um, yeah, Matthew chapter 23, um, Jesus made a similar reference. Um, th- this would have been, been well understood culturally. So calling him, this guy a whitewashed wall was basically like saying this, um, as, as Paul looked at him, you know what? Everything on the outside with you may look good, but the inside is absolutely corrupt. Like, you may stand there and say, strike this guy, hit this guy on the mouth for what he just said, but I'm looking at you, and I know that the authority that you're barking with right now is just a mask for the evil that's on your heart. I mean, this was really, I mean, this was, this was really there. And now, notice what did Paul say? Paul just said, God's going to smack you, right? It might have been a little bit of Paul that was like, but if God asked me to fulfill his plan, <laughs> I've got a right hand ready. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where Paul might have been on that. But he said, um, th- this is the response of the crowd. It says, uh, well, he says this first. You are sitting there judging me according to the law, and yet in violation of the law are you ordering me to be struck. In other words, um, the law would have prohibited anybody from just open hand smacking someone that's standing there giving defense for what they've been accused of. So that so again, it's 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 this guy's living in conflict and he calls him out for it. 
those standing nearby said, do you dare revile God's high priest? Paul said, I, I didn't know, brothers, that he was the high priest, replied Paul. For it is written, you must not speak evil of a ruler of your people. It, you may say, okay, well, all right, well, Paul sure does start backpedaling there. Now, Paul shows in this moment really where his heart, again, is for the Lord. I mean, again, think about Paul's mindset here. Paul, ju- Paul looks back into the Old Testament law and says, you know what, you're right. God says that you're not supposed to have um, aggressive action against the one that he's called to be this high priest over his people to represent his people. So Paul knew the Old Testament law because the, the high priest would have gone up on, a, on the day of atonement completely having received forgiveness, completely washing themselves, purifying themselves, they would have gone up um, before God in God's presence in the temple, in the Holy of Holies, uh, in, in, in really representation of the people. And they had to go up without sin in their life because even if they approached God on that day, even representing the people, if they had their own sin, they would have been struck dead. So the position of high priest, God gave that as as a representation ultimately of what we see Jesus fulfill. If you read in Hebrews, it talks a lot about we have a high priest. There's that phrase a lot in Hebrews because it's Jesus has fulfilled the design of what God purposed in the law. Okay, So, so Paul said, listen, I, I, hey, according to the word of God, I respect that position. But what do we also realize? That the person that found themselves in that position was not really the kind of person that God designed for that position. And as a believer, God, I, mean, I think this is a, it seems small, but this is a great example of what Acts shows us so many ways. How do we live as a Christian, how do we live as a Christian, led by the Spirit in a world that doesn't always match that in rhythm? There's certain positions, there's certain levels of authority that God has allowed to be established on this earth that, that as a Christian, we have to, we have to weigh out how, how do we respect that position to be faithful to pray, to that, pray for that person when maybe we don't agree morally with that person, right? So as Paul is, is, he's having all these things kind of work out right in front of him, he, he apologizes in that way. Now, what, I'm not going to read these next few verses, but I'm going to kind of basically tell you what happens. The, the crowd is mainly made up of two groups, Pharisees and Sadducees, and, and they disagreed on the possibility of a resurrection, Okay? So, so they disagreed on the possibility of resurrection. And that was one of the big things that Paul was being questioned on, was that Paul preached that Jesus did in fact die and was resurrected alive. Well, when Paul kind of Paul kind of laid a little bit of that argument out, the crowd just split right down the middle. I mean, it was like a, it was like a church vote about what color pews do you get, right? I mean, like, like it just divided the whole thing. Um, just split it right down the middle. And, and, I mean, arguing started, and, and it's just getting crazy. Now, the Roman government did not like chaos. Whether they were in control or if it was even a group of Jews that they kind of let have some of their own authority, the Roman government did not like chaos. And if you were a middle management in Roman government, you really didn't like it because you could lose your job or your life or especially your lifestyle because of your job if your area got too chaotic. So what happens is, is you have an official swoop in and kind of bring this thing to a little bit more calm state so that it, didn't get, it doesn't get too out of hand. And that's what brings us to this moment that I really want us to just really spend some time thinking about this morning, okay? 
verse thir- oh, I'm sorry, in verse 10 it says this. Um, when the dispute became violent, the commander feared that Paul might be torn apart by them and ordered the troops to go down, take him away from them, and bring him into the barracks. So he, he, he looked at these people. He said, these people are so angry at each other that they're going to end up just tearing Paul apart because he's kind of in the middle. And here's, here's the verse. The following night, the Lord stood by him. That, this, is, this is the presence of Jesus with him. The Lord stood by him and said, Have courage, for as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, that, that's where he's been. This, this, this is what he's been living through. I mean, think about some of the reactions we've talked about, about Paul just sharing his testimony. Okay, As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so it is necessary for you to testify in Rome. And when I first read that verse, I thought, I don't know how I feel about this. If I'm in Paul's position and thinking about everything that I've just been through. Now, now he starts off with, take courage. So in other words, the purpose of the Lord's message in this, the purpose of the message is, his command is, take courage. So, so he wants Paul to be courageous. He wants him encouraged. He, he, he wants him to feel like there's purpose to what I'm doing, that there, there's a next step in, in life for me, that there's, there's a path that's being carved out ahead of me. He says, take courage, and now he's going to follow it with a set of instructions that are supposed to match and supposed to fuel this take courage instruction. And he says, just like you've testified about me in Jerusalem, now I want you to know that what's ahead of you is, is just like this. You're going to testify about me over here now in Rome. And I thought, man, I kind of struggle with that if I'm in Paul's shoes. Or, or maybe not, I'm not in Paul's shoes. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm in my own life context. And, 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 I, and I've had a really difficult season dealing with someone one-on-one. And it's been rough. And it's been it's it's felt like a battle. You ever experienced something like that? And 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 you're dealing with it and dealing with it and dealing with it. I mean, and if the Lord came in and said, Hey, take courage, just just like you've testified about me in this situation, you're gonna go and now deal with this other person. Like <sighs> Lord, I don't know. I don't know if take courage really fueled me the way it was supposed to fuel me. Can I listen to that again? Because maybe I misheard you on something. Because it, because the the kind of moment that I think some of us kind of dream of is like I mean, what if, what if it came to us like this? I'm, I'm, imagine yourself sitting on a beach. I'm talking like white sand, crystal clear water. You can, you can look down and, and, and see everything on the bottom of the ocean, and you're sitting out there, and somebody's coming by and serving you and bringing you stuff, and the kids are playing like they're playing. They're getting along. They're not fighting, and, and they're watching after each other, and they're going, whoa, 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 this is too deep. Let's not bother dad or mom and ask, get them to have to call us back in from the water. Let's just stay content right here. And you're looking at your spouse, and, and, and you're just like, I, and, and they look, they, like they didn't just roll out to the beach. Like they really got ready for the beach. And you're out there, and you're just like, I love this. And you look at everything, and you go, man, isn't God good? And then the Lord shows up and says, just as you've experienced this, I now want you to go to this other beach and experience the same thing again. All right, God, I'm going to think I'm willing to serve you now. I mean, you're really calling me to something that I can get on board with. See, I think there's this thing about us where we're very, um, I'm sorry, I can't, I, I should, it's not fair for me to speak for you. I am very 
circumstance and experience focus sometimes. Okay? In other words, what I've just been through in my mind and my emotions starts to list out in these ways. How did I feel when this person said this? I got frustrated because this. I was stressed because this was the financial bond. Whatever it is, it's, it's, it's very kind of experience, circumstance focused. See, I think within this, right away is when I started really kind of going, all right, God, I, I, I think I'm totally actually mis, mishearing this. Because as soon as I heard, just like in Jerusalem, now go to Rome, I'm thinking of well, what happened in that city. So, oh my goodness, what could happen in this next one? And the, the location, the location and, and, and all those specifics weren't actually the biggest deal. Those were just the opportunities. The real key in this is as you testified, not, Jesus didn't show up to say, as you experienced life here, now you're going to have to do it again. It's going to have to be on repeat. You, you experience the sickness here, you're going to have to experience another sickness down the line. You experienced a broken relationship here, now you're going to have to experience a broken relationship over here. It's, it's as you testified is the key. Which kind of brings us to a point. When we go through a, a, a conversation or a season in life or whatever it is, what has the most significant weight to it? What has the most significant weight? Do the things that we feel and experience and, and grieve over and argue about, are, is that the heaviest weight? Is that the most important thing? Or is it the opportunity to speak Jesus? Now, okay, so for me, when I'm, when I'm me-oriented, I prioritize the experience. The grief, the frustration, the anger. The fr I, mean, I, 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 I emphasize that. I feel that. I dwell on that. When I'm Jesus-focused, when, when, I'm, when I'm walking faithfully with Him, I'm, I'm so much more able to better see the value and, and really the call and the purpose of speaking Jesus over all those other things. I would like to stand here and say that I get this right 75% of the time. I cannot... I, I, I probably would be embarrassed to give you what I feel like is a pretty accurate percentage on this. But, but I want to talk to you about a few things out of this. Now, first, I want, I want, to, I want to explain something. In chapter 22, it, it's really worth going back to chapter 22. I'm not going to read the verses, but if you'll go back and read chapter 22, I believe you'll see, as Paul testified, it, you, you'll see it broken up into three categories. Um, this is something that over the years at our youth camp has been taught to our students. Um, I've used this at, at camps at different times before and, 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 and borrowed it as well and, and talking to people about, how, you know, students. And, and really it works for us as adults. It's a great way for us to kind of see how do I share Jesus? How do, how do I testify about him? Paul's testimony, you can easily divide it into three categories. First one is, is his life before Jesus. He, he, and he does this often. When he shares 
um, who he was. If, he, if he's sharing it with Jews, he, he compares himself to maybe their background, really being faithful to the law and being crazy about the law. If he's talking to Gentiles, people that didn't grow up with the law, he just says, hey, listen, before Jesus, I, 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 did, I was not seeking this God that I'm telling you about right now. I was not seeking this Savior. In fact, I was, I was wanting to persecute people that believed in him. He talks about his life before Jesus. He talks in chapter 2 about what it was like in his conversion, meeting Jesus, we'll call it. Now, I tell you, um, if you've ever read early in Acts and, and kind of heard Paul's conversion and go, man, it kind of feels like something's missing, there's some really neat details in chapter 22 from Paul's own explanation that fill in maybe some of the gaps that you kind of wondered about earlier in Acts. So please go back and read that. But, it, but it's, it's his life before Jesus. It, it was what it was like meeting Jesus and, and beginning a relationship with him. And then what follows is, is he explains, okay, now, since I met Jesus, now here's what my life has been. Here's the mission that I've been on. Here's why I'm here. See, what, what the Lord was telling him was, hey, in other words, good job. You, you were spot on. As you testified about me there, I now want you to go faithfully do this again over here in this new opportunity, this new place. Now, there's, there's something else that's really neat, I think, in here that we, it really needs our attention. The, there's, we have that verse translated, and it says testified twice, right? If, if you go back and read that, um, in fact, if you'll put that verse back up on the screen, let's just make sure that we are together. It, it's, it's, it's a past tense versus really a future tense, but it says, The following night the Lord stood by him and said, Have courage. For as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so is it necessary for you to testify in Rome. There's actually two different original Greek words that are used that are just both into English translated testify. Now, in fairness, both of the original Greek words mean to testify. It means to accurately share an account, accurately share a truth. But it's not just accurately, it also carries this idea of Accurately do it, but completely do it. In other words, don't leave the important stuff out. Don't add the unimportant stuff in. The second word that's used, okay? not The, the first word is one specific Greek word. The second Greek word that was used has an ending on that word. And the ending isn't the only different part. The, the, the whole word is uniquely different. Um, but, but it means as a root the same thing. But it also has an emphasis on don't keep anything back. Isn't that odd? In this original language, this, this explanation that God puts on Paul's heart to explain, he says, listen, as you have faithfully spoken Jesus, as you faithfully have shared Christ in this city, in this place, because both of those words meant um, that they were very opportunity-focused, not circumstance-focused, but opportunity. In other words, um, a circumstance is... Um, who's involved, what's going on, like, like how do I feel about this, how have I been wrong? Opportunity focus just says, where am I, who am I around, and what can I say right now? Right? It, it, it prioritizes the purpose, not all the circumstances that we feel and we wrestle with those feelings. The second word talks about how Paul needs to leave nothing back. So in other words, it, it was like Jesus saying this, hey, you've been faithful up here. In fact, I agree with what you just said a few minutes ago. Up to this point, yes, you have been faithful. And I need you to go and do this again. Faithfully share it, but don't hold anything back. And I thought, hang on a second, let me, let's really think through this here. If, if these two words are here so specifically for a purpose, what am I supposed to get from this, Lord? And, and, and at that moment, I really, I really saw myself and said, okay, Derek, how many times 
Have you just been a little bit too worn out by circumstances over here that when you stepped into the next conversation or the next season, you, you, because you focused so much on that grief, you were worn out and worn down and you started to just kind of back off a little bit over here. Maybe you didn't completely back out, but you backed off. I started to look at my life and go, okay, man, maybe I really clearly spoke Jesus over here, and, it, and it, was, it felt like a wrestling match. It was a lot going on, and then some drama kicked up, and then it kind of became more personal. And then over here, I had another opportunity to speak to someone, and, and I just allowed myself to be emotionally drained. And, and maybe I shared some encouragement, but maybe it didn't go deep enough into the truth of God's Word. Maybe it wasn't handling His Word as well. Maybe it wasn't keeping my mind really filtered. Like it says in the Philippians, to keep it filtered so my thoughts stayed really holy and pure towards what God wanted to speak to me about. And, 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 and so I shortened the conversation or I didn't show as much care. And, and it, that, that's as simple as, what, you, ever, you ever done this? That, that really you, you spent so much energy and emotion and, and had so much turmoil just during the day at work that all of a sudden you kind of left, you kind of held back and, and left out at home. Right? We, 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 we kind of do that sometimes, and, and it's the Lord just going to Paul, hey, listen, don't, don't, don't leave anything out. Don't hold back. Like, complete is complete. You know, in this verse, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this, and I'm going, all right, um, you know, Lord, where's, where's the break sometimes? You ever just ask yourself, like, where, where's the break? Where, where's where's the refreshing? Where where is it going to come from? It's interesting when you look at the sequences of events. Um, Jesus uses these words: "As you have for the past, and it is necessary for the future." For one, I think some of the refreshing was just in that. It was the Lord telling Paul, "Hey, listen. Regardless of how bad this looks." It's just simply not the end. Like this situation, this group of people doesn't get the authority to end you, to stop what I'm doing in you. They just don't. I've decided that already. And sometimes the refreshing that we, that we really need is just an, an, a clear, honest, and simple message from the Lord just to speak to us. And, and if you notice, it, 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 it came at, at nighttime. Jesus showed up. When, when there was going to be a calm moment that maybe Paul couldn't have even predicted for himself, but Jesus just showed up and just started speaking. And from that point on, from that point on, I, I read one commentary that, that actually referred to Paul, and I really didn't know how I felt about this. It, it actually referred to Paul as virtually um, immortal in this moment. In other words, um, they, they argued that um, because God said, hey, you're going to go to Rome, that no matter what anybody could have done to him, his life was in God's hands, and like they couldn't have even have killed him. Well, but before before we get too um, too egotistical um, in in our walk with Christ, not long after this, uh, Paul's nephew comes to him, and his nephew found out about a group of people who made this vow that they would not eat or drink until they could kill Paul. Now. There's not a lot of things that I'm willing to skip a meal over. Um, if you're busy enough, maybe you kind of let one pass. But, but to what level would you have to be angry to say, 
I'm not going to eat any food or drink any water or, or anything until I just take somebody. Like, this is a next-level anger. This is, this is a group of people who aren't going to be deterred. Now, again, the Lord has said, Paul, I, you know, I, I'm, you're going to go to Rome. Well, Paul could have left here and just said, you know what? God's telling me I'm going to Rome, so I don't care what y'all are going to do to me. I'm going to walk right through this area that you're hiding in. Try to lay seize to me. Okay, but that's a prideful spirit. Instead, in humility, Paul listens to his nephew and goes, thank you for that information. They take the information to the commander, and they take Paul peacefully away from that situation. And later down the line, Paul, still captive, exercises his right and says that I want to appear before Caesar. It was his right as a Roman citizen. And that set the course in motion. And, and it actually ended him up at a place where he could have been set free, but because he requested to go to, Caesar, to, to appear in front of Caesar and go to Rome, he had to stay in prison. Which kind of begs this question. Um, what does it really mean to be in prison? Is it your physical surroundings or is it your mental and spiritual state? You know, looking through these events, and, and, and I know that just kind of going down that, and there's a lot of kind of rabbit trails I could chase with this. I, I even look back at, you know, some of the gospel stories and, and looked at different circumstances where people were in. Um, miracles, for instance, where um, Jesus would heal someone, and, and in healing someone, he, he would say to them, after he healed them, go and sin no more, so that nothing worse may happen to you. And, and, and that just always blew my mind because I'm going, hang on a second. It, it, it would seem like this, this, this crippling condition that someone had was the worst thing that could have happened to them when, when in fact Jesus says, no, actually the worst thing that can happen to you is that you just live and fall into sin and, 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 and you separate yourself from the presence of God. Like that's the worst thing that could happen to you. This, 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 this crippling disease is something that the Lord could heal for his glory. The worst thing is to be separated from him. You know, and there, there's all these situations in the Bible, as, as I just kind of kept going down different paths as I read this verse, and, 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 and to you this may seem very unorganized, but to me, for some reason, my brain makes sense this way, and I, I find some, some answers and, and, from, and, and some messages from the Lord many times this way. As, as I kept going down different lanes in Scripture and, and really praying over this, I'm, I'm looking at it and going, okay, Lord, when it, when it comes down to it, um, if you tell me just as you did something over here or as this situation plays out, I'm going to need you to go and testify me as well over here. What am I going to say and what am I going to really carry in my thoughts and my, and my purposes and my beliefs? What is the biggest deal? The hurt, the experience, or the moment to speak Jesus? Which one is it? Now, I could argue it a different, different ways with you. I could say, all right, let's just weigh it out in eternity. What's our eternity going to look like? Unending timeline in the presence of our Lord and Savior with those that are saved and redeemed on a new heaven and new earth forever in perfection with no sickness, no tears, no fears, no anything. In complete contentment. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the measure and weight of eternity compared to anything that we would experience in life. And, and we can argue it out that way, but if you're like me, that argument makes total sense. But you also kind of go, I'm also not in eternity yet, and all I'm experiencing and feeling is what I'm going through. 
And that seems like I can't even get out of this. I believe that in many ways, um, the Lord does move us from one opportunity to another in life. And that doesn't always mean that we see, we, we, we don't, it's not that we move houses or we move jobs or we change social circles every time there's a movement, but, but, but it's opportunity to opportunity to opportunity. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is really arguing to us and presenting to us this morning that the most valuable thing from opportunity to opportunity to opportunity is, is our chance to speak Jesus. And it can be as simple as what Paul did faithfully. What my life was like before Christ. What did it look like meeting him and begin, beginning a relationship with him? And what's my life been like since? That can present everything that someone else needs to hear to really understand the gospel and how to be saved. But what's the biggest deal? Because in a room like this, somebody's dealing with a, um, somebody's going to be dealing with a major sickness. Somebody's going to be dealing with significant loss. Somebody's going to be dealing with a relationship that's either broken or, or really on the verge of shattering and being broken. Somebody's going to be dealing with extreme fears. Somebody's having a major problem at work right now with the people you work with or who you're working for. Someone's struggling financially. You take a snapshot of the room, all that stuff will be present. And man, it's, I'm not even going to stand up here and tell you it's not a big deal, because it is. But in those things, in those things, what's our opportunity like to speak Jesus? And will that carry such a weight that that's what will be found faithful in doing? And that's what the Holy Spirit allowed Paul to do. And I believe for all of us this week and in all the places that will be, that's what he's going to want to lead us into faithfulness in. Would you close your eyes and just bow your head for just a second with me? Within this passage, um, I, I, man, I, my, my heart's prayer this morning is, is that this this is one of those verses that just kind of really, I, I just I had to wrestle within my own mind, my own heart with, and really break it down and find out what do these words mean, and, and, and really, Lord, what are you saying specifically about how Paul was found faithful in this moment, and what really he could expect for the next, and, and I hope that um, through the disorganization of, disorganization of my mind, the Lord still has, has spoken to you this morning about just this call to see our life and to see the opportunities that we have within it because I believe that the message this morning is to get us to look at life and, and start to figure out and start to really seek the Lord on and, and ask others that are in our life around us to partner with us and, and, and meet with us and talk to us about how can we really begin to see life bigger than the things that we feel the things that hurt us the things that frustrate us and how can we really start to identify the moments where we can clearly testify, give an accurate account and full, complete explanation, not holding anything back because we've been worn out? How can we be at that place spiritually and be ready to do that and faithfully do that so that the kingdom can grow, not because of us, but God grows it through us? Because I really firmly believe that, that if you're watching online or if you're here this morning, 
that we are a people gathered, that we want to see God grow His kingdom through us. We want to be used by Him. But to be used by Him is going to involve me setting aside the biases that I have about my circumstances and my experiences in life and saying, Lord, what, what is the greater call, the greater purpose? How can I speak Jesus in this moment faithfully to someone or about something or to share a perspective about something that, that, that's really kingdom-driven? I can tell you this. I'm not going to stand here this morning and say I think this is simple, easy, and very clean. I think this will take a spiritual dedication to grow and to look at the circumstances of life and, and, and really just, just see the world differently than we've ever seen it. Because I, 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 can, I, I have felt that change, I know, within my life over the last several, several years. And it's, it's one of the areas that I've seen God show me myself the most clearly and I've seen the most opportunity to grow in. So I want to I throw this out as an offer. If there's a particular circumstance that has been heavy and hurtful for you or frustrating and you want to talk through that, please, please, please look inside this body of Christ, whether you're here or you're watching online, for those kind of conversations to go along with what you're taking to the Lord to get some clarity on these things, to see that opportunity, to see that greater call, that greater purpose in life. Lord, thank you so much for the goodness of your grace. Lord, thank you for what it means to the Lord be in a relationship with you. God, help us. God, to see the power of, of this moment that Paul received this vision and had this experience with the Lord where Jesus stood there and, and gave him purpose to continue on in and gave him a call to his life. God, help us to not just hunger for a call to know that know that there's something bigger out there. But Lord, help us to really see, God, that, that in the moment we've been in, the moments we've been in, the moment we are in, and the moments ahead, there's an opportunity to speak Jesus, to, to, to clearly and accurately testify about who he is. And regardless of what may go on in our life, Lord, that is our great purpose. And, and, and that compared, Lord, to the, um, to the measure of eternity, Lord, we know that it's worth it. But God, help us in our souls and in our hearts because God, we, we, I know struggle. I have many times in my life feeling like I'm equipped enough, I'm able enough, I'm, I'm, I'm restored enough, I, I'm, I'm focused enough to really speak Jesus by pushing back on the things that I'm so frustrated with. Lord, help us to realize that as, as your children, our souls belong to you. We're safe, we're secure in that way. That's nothing that can be taken from us. So the things that we fear that could be taken from us, God, pale in comparison to the security we have, Lord, in you. God, help us to take your word, to meditate on it, to receive it, and to grow in it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Um, if there's anything at all that you'd like to pray about, we'd love to pray with you during this song or after the service. Thank you so much again for being here.